Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's Europa League preview. We have all the action, all the betting tips, all the analysis. Jimmy Conrad and James Bench as he heads to the Emirates to preview a little bit of Arsenal. And we have a special one-on-one with Musa Sissoko. Don't forget to listen and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher because the show begins right now. Hey, everybody, Europa League preview. Once again, I welcome my brother, Jimmy Conrad, with all the betting tips. We have so much to talk about. Jimmy, how are you, brother? Que tal, Amardo? How's it going? Muy bien, muy bien. I love it. I love it. How are you? You look good. You look fresh. Listen, so many games, Europa League action. Let's talk about it. Give me your betting tips, starting from each one, and I'll just throw in a sentence or two. But let's go, baby. Let's see what you got for me. So I love the Europa League for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of the reasons I don't care for it is that there's like 18,000 teams. So it's really hard to go onto William Hill and find the, the best value because I don't really know a lot about Cluj, you know, and how they're going to perform against Roma. I hope they do the business. Well, I hope they don't because I like Roma. But, but uh, you know, there's just all these little things that uh, – it's tough, man, but it's good because I've learned a lot about these clubs that I wouldn't have learned about anyway. Anyway, I'm going off, I'm going off on a tangent. This is, this is just me trying to be a global citizen of the world. That's what I consider myself. All right, let's get into – my first bet is Tottenham to win. And both teams to score plus 160. Now, last week, I'm sure you guys remember uh, Spurs lost in Belgium to Royal Antwerp 1-0. And then there was that famous photo. And I love Jose Mourinho's Instagram of him sitting on the bus, you know, looking uh, forlorn and basically criticizing his players on Instagram, which is a new interesting coaching tactic by him uh, to make that happen. I think these guys are going to be up for it. I just saw uh, a report that says he's going to roll out all of his big guns. And I think that Ludo Gretz is in some big trouble. I do like Ludo Gretz to score, though. They're playing at home. I think they're going to have a little bit of fight, a little bit of pluck to them. But plus 160, I think, is pretty good value. So, so I'm going with that. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that one? Yeah, no, uh, we have Musa Sissoko on the show, and he basically said, listen, we're confident and we're ready to go. So I'm with you all the way. I think Tottenham's going to come guns blazing because they don't want to lose again, especially to Ludo Gretz. Can, can you tell him to text me so I can confirm, like, whether this is a good bet or not? Like, who's the lineup, buddy? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, you know, we'll talk about it the other time. No collusion. We don't, we, don't, we don't want that. We want to play this all straight. All right, my next one is the Jimmy special. So usually when I do a Jimmy special, I pick one player. I pick that player to score. I pick his team to win. And then sometimes it's just both teams score, or sometimes I give the exact score or a, a couple scores. And this one is Mikel Oyarzabal from La Real, Real Sociedad. Uh, obviously, Sociedad to win. And then they have to win either 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. I think they're going to do it. You know, uh, I love the 23-year-old. Uh, he scored three goals in his last three games. He's going to come off the wing a little bit. You know, he's uh, uh, Alexander Isak is the guy up top. And they need to win this game because after dropping points at home to Napoli, they, they, it's, it's, this is kind of a make or break game. And because their backs are against the wall, if they really want to progress in this, because they're on top of the La Liga table as well, then – you know, it's hard. I guess it's hard to say always the motivation because sometimes when you have extra competitions, 
you, you, the coach has to manage like, well, geez, we're on top of La Liga, but also we want to do well in this. And you might not have the depth to do both. Right. So there is that to consider, but I feel like against a, an opponent like this, they, they have to do the business. And, and I like that at plus five fifty. excuse me, it was two zero two one or three one, not one zero two zero two. I should look at my notes, but, but I just like that. There's going to be some goals. I think La Real's got some in them and then you can, you can maybe concede one and still hit this. So I like this one a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, the answer was right there. Listen, they're third in the Group F, and, and they just want to get this win. They want to be top of the table, and what better way to do it, to do it at home against the leader of that group. So I'm with you right there. I think they'll get some goals in this one. Yeah, I meant to say that the, the team there was Azed Alkmar, who I, I want to reference their 1-0 win in Italy on match day one. They won 1-0, big, big deal. But they got outshot. They got outpossessed. They got thumped in a lot of different ways. Napoli just forgot their finishing boots in the attacking third. And I think La Real will have similar numbers. It's just a matter of whether they can finish. And I think they will. And I think Mikel Oriarsabal will be one of the guys to do it. All right. My last one for you guys. My first time ever, I'm doing a parlay. I'm calling it my parlay parte. So if you guys want to put on your party hats and hang out, I got AC Milan winning. They're taking on Lille. Okay. Now, Milan are undefeated. They're on top of Serie A. And they have a player named Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who, former MLS player, great to see him doing well in another league, uh, you know, leading, leading the front lines and, and leading the golden boot race in, in Italy. But Lille is also undefeated. The problem with Lille is a lot of them are draws. So I don't want to take anything away from them, but I just think Milan's going to do it. It's in Italy, and, and I think that's going to be enough. And, of course, I think Zlatan's the X factor, and I think he'll show up and do what he does. The other one is uh, Leicester to win. Okay, they are uh, taking on Braga, but they're taking on Braga at home. If it was in Portugal, because you can't sleep on Portuguese competition, right? Anytime you're, you're, you're in Europe. I just think Leicester has the goods. I don't know if Jamie Vardy starts or not. Obviously, they got to prepare for the weekend as well. But Ilya Nacho has been very good. James Madison is back in the team. I think they just have too much talent for Braga, and I think they're going to win. So it's just these are all just straight up. They just have to win. And then the last one, Bayer Leverkusen to win as well. They're going to be hitting the road. Uh, as much as I have the utmost respect for Apoel, uh, I just think that Leverkusen just, they put six on Nice, and Nice is good in match day one. Bayer Leverkusen did lose on the weekend 1-0, so they have a little bit of maybe, you know, maybe they're you know, a little salty they lost after having, like, kind of being in good form. I think they're going to they're gonna do it. So if you have all three of those teams to win, it's plus 373. I like that a lot. So that's my first ever parlay. I hope it hits so that you guys keep believing in my parlays. But uh, I'm excited about those three in particular. Yeah, I love those, especially Leicester and Milan, like just being at home, feeling confident, uh, you know, they're getting a nice rhythm going. You know, Jamie Vardy makes a lot of, uh, uh, and Slatan make a lot of like what make those clubs, respective clubs tick. But I think there's way more to them than just those two. And to your point about Leverkusen, they're going to be mad. They want to they wanna get some redemption. So I love that parlay. Parlay parte, baby. Jimmy, anything else? Anything else yeah. from this uh, round? Well, there's Benfica versus Rangers, and this one was tough for me. I almost threw them in the parlay. And if you take out the Leverkusen one and throw in Benfica Rangers, I kind of like the draw on this one. Rangers have yet to give up a goal. They've won every single game they've been in this season. I feel like that, that that's an important mentality to have, that you know how to win games and know how to close out games, which included a big 2-0 win in the old firm against Celtic at Celtic Park. So you can't take away anything away from this Rangers team and what Stevie, Stevie G, Steven Gerrard, is doing as manager for that club. But Benfica at home, it's tough. They just got smacked by Boa Vista 3-0 on Monday. They only had a couple of days of rest. I kind of like Rangers here, but not enough to pick them to win. And I kind of like Benfica can make a strong narrative for them and, and could see them winning. But 
maybe it draws the best bet. So if you take out the Leverkusen thing on the parlay and bring in Rangers, it jumps up to, and puts them to draw. It puts up to like plus 1,100. So something for you guys to consider. And then you have Arsenal versus Molda. As much as I want to see Henry Wingo, a U.S. international, uh, play for, for, for Molda and do well against Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal are really good uh, when it comes to – they should have smashed these guys. They're playing at the Emirates. This was so one-sided, it was hard to find any value for you guys. Last week, I did hit with Nic- Nicolo Pepe scoring any time. But even now, I'm not – I don't know. There's really no good value in that one, so I stayed away from that from a betting perspective. But for Arsenal fans, it should be good. They, sh- they should do the business. Jimmy Conrad with all the betting analysis, all the tips, and the parte, the parlay parte. I love it. Let's keep those rolling. Jimmy will be back with me uh, once again as we hit those uh, weekend recaps and all so much more. Uh, we can previews, uh, actually. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us, brother. It's always good to see you. Oh, it's always good to do this with you. And then a shout out to the audience. Thank you guys for all your support. Uh, it's, it means a lot to us because... Uh, we love talking the beautiful game, but it only matters if you guys are listening. So we appreciate it. 100%. 100%. Thank you so much, Jimmy. We will be back, guys, after these messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Europa League preview. We have a lot coming up uh, for this Thursday. And we welcome James Benj from the UK. He will be at the Emirates as Arsenal face Molda. James, how are you, bud? I'm great. Um, the game at the Emirates is going to be my first game of actual proper British lockdown. It's going to be really weird. Actually, I suppose it'll be the same the actual game, but it's weird and exciting times in the UK. Weird and terrifying times in the UK, which I'm sure we all know about. Yes, I can more than relate. Well, as Arsenal, James, uh, you know, from that good win against Manchester United, they now uh, continue their Europa League quest against Molda. And I'm imagining that uh, Mikel Arteta will, will rotate his squad once again, do you think? Yeah, pretty heavily. Um, you've got some really good, talented young players who who came in and played fantastically against Dundalk. Joe Willock, uh, Reese Nelson. I think I've mentioned this guy's name on the pod before, but Emile Smith-Rowe. I was told last week that, you know, he hadn't made, I mean, he hadn't made the squad to play Dundalk, but I was told there's hope he might be able to feature uh, in some capacity tomorrow night. Great, great sort of number 10, number eight. They call him the Croydon De Bruyne. Quite a big, uh, quite a big t- uh, tag to live up to. But he's a he's a player that Arsenal are really missing, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on early on. And then, you know, you've got David Luiz is available again, so numbers are swelling in central defence. And Arteta was saying, you know, he actually thinks now he does have the squad to balance these uh, games on multiple fronts, and his squad is almost too big, and there's players he's not able to pick. Well, that's probably a good problem to have, I guess, uh, as opposed to other teams and. Let's talk about another young player you wanted to bring up, a 19-year-old William Saliba. Uh, things not really going his way there. I, I feel like Arteta is getting frustrated too. What's the latest on him? So there was reports out in France um, today that Saliba was getting fed up, which is quite understandable. He hasn't played at all this season since joining. He signed for Arsenal in the summer of 2019, a £25 million deal, and was loaned back to Saint-Étienne for his development. That didn't quite work out to plan. He had injuries, there was COVID, and he only played, I think, about half of the the league games he could have around that level. He came to uh, Arsenal, and from what I was told, it was pretty clear early on to his teammates that he wasn't at the level that was needed yet. And for that reason, Arsenal didn't name him in their Premier League squad. Actually, he didn't name him in the 25. He's on the B list, so he could theoretically play here. But uh, crucially for Arsenal, he's not in the Europa League squad 
even though he's under 21, he hasn't been at the club for two years, so they can't just play him, they can't name him on the B-list. And this competition, which felt like the natural one to blood him in, is one where he can't play at all. So, yeah, the reports in France saying Saliba was fed up. Well, Arteta came out in his press conference today and said, look, I'm fed up too. He really does want to give this guy chances, but it's, you know, it's tough. Uh, Arsenal had some hard games in the AFL Cup. You didn't really want to give him his debut at Anfield away to Liverpool. Um, and it's Man City in the next round. Premier League, well, you know, you can't gamble on a, on a young defender at the moment. And then the Europa League, it would have meant taking out a senior player to, to name him. Um, they looked to get him alone in the final weeks of the championship window. From what I was told, it was really just a case that they were so specific in how they wanted to develop Saliba because they think he's a fantastic player. And they had this checklist of plays good foot. The team has to play good football, has to have stability and a good manager, has to ideally be located near London so that... Um, so that you know they can check in on Saliba, and particularly in the current climate, he doesn't feel too anxious and and distant. And it uh, has to to be a, a team where he'll play regularly. That team doesn't exist, <laughs> um, so it's really frustrating. I'm sure he will get his his loan move in January. But considering he's developing well um, over the last few weeks, it's tough for Arsenal not getting to play him. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. But you know, uh, flipping the the script right now on uh, a slightly older player, the Renaissance of Mohamed El Nani, uh, I've always been a fan. Let's talk about him for a second. I know that you wanted to bring him up. Yeah, see, I mean, we were talking about this off air, throw in your view as well. I never was that much of a fan. I thought he was a bit limited. And then you were kind of saying, um, basically, that the limitations of what makes him so good, yeah. It was, it's just sort of, in a way, you're right, that those limitations have actually made him really helpful because he just sticks to doing what he does best, which is pressing, working hard off the ball. And I think in terms of setting a culture, actually these players that are on the fringes of your squad can be vital. El Nenny running in the 91st minute to press uh, the Manchester United midfield when he should have, by all accounts, have been dead on his feet. Um, I think that really typified the attitude that Arteta wants across his squad. And actually... As much as anything, I think that Arteta's really rewarding attitude. And then he was brilliant against Man United. But he hadn't really been that good in any other games this season. There was one great pass in uh, the win over Rapid Vienna. But what he had been is he'd been reliable, he'd been consistent, and he'd given the maybe the better players, the more expansive players, a platform to do what they do best. Every team needs a Mohamed El Nene. I thought that guy was going to be Matteo Guendouzi, but... The joy of having El Nenny is he's just a really likable guy. Um, nothing, not saying anything on Guendouzi there, but El Nenny is just a really easy teammate to get on with. You could see that after the game at Old Trafford. And then um, suddenly Arsenal have a bit of depth at central midfield because we spoke to Joe Willett today. He's probably fifth in line. You've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles. You've got Xhaka and Ceballos who are on the bench. So that was supposed to be the problem position for Arsenal, even with Partey arriving. And it's looking a little bit better right now. Yeah, listen, I've said this for years, okay? I grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s in the UK. I've seen Arsenal live a million times. And one of the reasons why back in the day, Arsenal, you know, were more successful in title campaigns, etc., is because they had exactly what you just said, an attitude to their midfield. Patrick Vieira, Gilberto Silva, even Toure. Like, these players were like, just, they weren't worried about looking good. They just wanted mm. to win. They wanted to compete. And that's what El Nani brings. And he re re reminds me a lot 
of uh, Mahmoud Ahmed Ibrahim Hassan, otherwise known as Trezeguet, uh, Villa's uh, winger who just works his socks off. Uh, and obviously, on then he's a different type of player, creative, uh, but he works so hard. And for so long, if you want to succeed in the Premier League, you don't just need talent, you need a strong spine. And El Nani can provide that. And I, I think that, to your point, it's his limitations that make him unlimited for Arsenal. Yeah, he's he's fantastically ego-free. He, and I think, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but did Trezeguet kind of took the the same route as El Nenny and Salah, Al Ali. Um, was he at Basel for a time? I might be making that up in my head anyway. But uh, there is something about that particular club that produces ego-free footballers. And I mean, you can even see it with Salah, um, as brilliant as he is. He's not a player that hogs the line, like demands the ball. I mean, he was, you know, playing a facilitating role for Jota last night. Um yeah, it is really invigorating for a team, I think, just to have someone who will do your hard work for you. You know, he will he 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 makes players around him better because he just lets them get on with what they do and says, what do you need? I bet if you paired him next to Mesut Ozil, he'd do all his running and all his tackling and Ozil would look better. Anyone in that team, I think, kind of looks better around El Nenny because El Nenny's so adaptable, does what his teammates need. Yep, well said, my friend. James Benj will be at the Arsenal game and he'll join us, obviously, uh, later on on Keo Lasso podcast uh, as we continue to talk about the Premier League, Arsenal, Europa, Champions League, etc. Benj, always a pleasure to have you and stay safe in this lockdown and make sure that you get to the Emirates and back home safely. Cheers, Woody. Joining us now on Kego Lasso and CBS Sports HQ is Tottenham's Musa Sissoko, the versatile midfielder whose career includes Toulouse, Newcastle United, and of course, the French national team and Tottenham, where he's, uh, you know, here now for a few years. He's uh, represented France in every age group from the under 16s all the way to the senior team. Musa and Tottenham look to bounce back in the Europa League with a game against the Ludogorets on Thursday before facing West Brom this weekend in the Premier League. Musa, welcome to Keo Lasso and CBS Sports Digital. Sava. Thank you. Yeah, Sava. I'm fine. Thank you. And you? I'm good. I'm good. So good to have you, Musa. Uh, let's begin with you for a second. How have you been this year? Because it's been such a roller coaster. Uh, for you as a player and a person recuperating from knee surgery, dealing with COVID-19, as we all have been, of course, just the issues of racial injustice all over the world, and then playing, you know, internationally, domestically. It's been a lot. How, how have you been? How, how are you? Yeah, to be honest, I'm fine. Okay, it's been a, a strange year for, for me because, like you said, so I had uh, that uh, injury in, uh, in January. On my on my knee, so I've been out uh, of the squad for three to, to four months, and then I was nearly fit to to, to come back, and then that virus uh, with the COVID nineteen came. So again, we couldn't play for for a while, and then after that, you have the the, the chance to 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 play, and it was a a, a strange situation to play in the empty stadium, and then uh, yeah, the training was uh, wasn't normal like we used to to do and a lot of things was strange, but that is uh, how 
how we, we, we have to, to deal with it because that, that uh, virus uh, affects a lot of people and you have to take care of yourself and take care of yourself or your family and everyone in, in the world. So I try to, to do what, uh, what I could do like on my side and try to, to, to be safe with, with everyone. And uh, okay, now we, we came back for, for the season and play again. So of course uh, we're missing uh, all the fun in the stadium, but again we need to, to follow the protocol and for the safety of everyone, I think it's better to yeah to keep playing like on on that way, even if we don't like uh, that situation. But yeah, we just need to to follow the rules and hopefully soon every everything will be will, will be back as uh, as normal. Absolutely, Tottenham doing uh, well domestically. Uh, you're looking to bounce back. In the Europa, uh, you know, you haven't lost in the league since September 13th. Uh, you're third in the table, but now you're playing Ludo Goretz in, in, in Europa League. How, how do you see that game? How do you see the Europa League uh, so far uh, with Tottenham? Yeah, Europa League is a big uh, competition, uh, we know. And when you, you play, you played it, so you want to go uh, as far as, as possible. So... Yeah, we've been playing few games uh, at the moment, and you could see nothing was uh, was easy. Of course, we we won the first uh, game of the, the group stage, and we lost uh, the second game away, and we were all disappointed. Uh, we play against a, a good team, and uh, yeah, tomorrow is going to be a, a tough battle against against a good opponent who finished uh, as champion last season. So we we know it's not going to be an easy game, but. We have all the quality to to go there and 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 win. So we have to to believe on ourselves and play with a lot of confidence and try to to make sure to to come back with the with the three point tomorrow. Musa, one of the things that I always talk about on the show is just I'm just so impressed and amazed. And sometimes we undervalue actually just how much players have to travel back and forth in between training and practice and. And of course, actual matches between the Premier League, Europa—it's a lot. Like, how do you see it? Like, how difficult is it? Um, is it easier for some, uh, especially in a year like this? H how do you see all that traveling and and going back and forth between the Premier League and other competitions? Well, like you said, is 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 a lot. Is a lot of of traveling, and every time you have to 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 switch between Europa League and uh, and league game and cup game. So it's a lot. So you go away, you stay at the hotel for three days, you come back and you, you stay one one or two days at home with your family and then go away again. So yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot. But at the same time, we, 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 we decided to, to choose uh, that uh, career. And you know, in football, this kind of thing will, will happen. So and you, if you, you accept to do this, this job and it's part of the job, so you need to, to deal with it. And of course, sometimes you are you are getting tired and everything. But we are trying to 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 do the recovery after the game. Uh, we have a big uh, staff uh, with the, the physio. We try to recover uh, uh, very very well as well. So everything is here to to try to to recover after the game, and uh, and trying to to be ready for for the next game. And one thing is is good also is we have a, a good and strong squad. So sometimes the manager can can even rotate the, the team, and we know we're gonna need everyone to 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 have a great season. So and I think to have a a, a good and and strong squad is is important. So we have that chance uh, this year. So 
let's uh, yeah, let's keep going on 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 that way, and hopefully at the end of the season we'll have some some great result and achieve some uh, some things. Yeah, you you mentioned the strong squad. I think that's a major part. Your squad is deeper. It's more talented. Um, just more players uh, with depth is going to help under Jose Mourinho. Question for you, Musa. Uh, obviously, Jose Mourinho, a big character. Everybody knows. Uh, what's he like? What's he like uh, in training uh, when the cameras are not around? We all have our perceptions of Jose Mourinho. Um, I'm a big fan. I just think uh, the league is always better when you have a personality like him in it. Uh, what's it like to play under Jose Mourinho? Oh, I think uh, like everyone, when if you don't know the the man, uh, the manager. When you see him from from outside, you can say it's ah, a little bit hard to maybe to speak or to to deal with him. But when you are with him, he's uh, totally opposite. So he's a happy man, uh, always smiling. Uh, try to give confidence to the player, and at the training, of course, uh, he want to he want the player to to train well, to perform, and uh, of course, sometimes he can be upset when we are not doing the the thing right in the training or in the game. But that's normal because he's a uh, competitive and he want to 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 win. So he's and then uh, that's you can't blame him for for that. But otherwise, uh, most everyone like him here, and um, I think since he came, uh, he's doing some uh, some great job. And uh, yeah, so now let's uh, keep keep going on on that way. So you know, in the past, so he he, he won a lot of title uh, with nearly all the team he, he went. So hopefully we can achieve this with uh, we can achieve this uh, with with this club, but uh, we need to to work all in the same direction on, and on the same way, and hopefully we'll get some some good result and some uh, some uh, good things uh, at the end. Absolutely. What, one of my favorite moments, Musa, and I have to talk about it, is uh, in, in, in Amazon's All or Nothing when, uh, you know, they're talking about the team, and I'm sure it's mainly editing. They're talking about the team and they're saying, Musa Sissoko, he's a, a big player, a big personality in the dressing room, a big leader. And then the camera cuts to Joseph Mourinho with like a, like a face, like, oh, I don't know about that. I, it was very weird and funny to me. Did, did you see that? Did, did, you, did you notice that? Did you notice when the camera, when they were talking about you? Yeah, yeah, so I saw it then because a uh, lot of people told me to, to watch it. So I saw it and uh, yeah, it was, it was funny, but after uh, well, he knows now with the time he know where I, who I am how I uh, how I am in the team and what I can bring to to the team and uh, that's the most important thing I think everyone uh, in this squad is important so even if you're young or you're a senior player because uh, we all want the, the same things is to achieve something together and uh, yeah so let's go in the same direction all together because we we're gonna need everyone to 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 perform and and let's build on on that. Yeah, that's a really good point that you just brought up. The camera lies sometimes and likes to uh, you know tell your narrative that maybe is not true. How how was it with the cameras uh, during a time when you're dealing with a knee recuperation, the MCL, and then training and everything? Was it was it a bit strange having all those cameras following you around? Because yeah, at the beginning it was a little bit strange because. Uh, uh, you can see camera, the camera is following you everywhere. When you are going to the left, the camera is turning to the left, right, up and down. So it needs to be strange at the beginning, but 
with the time, so it become normal. And then of course, sometimes uh, when you you talk with with uh, some of your teammates and you want to say something in in private, of course you need to to be careful because the camera the, the someone can record you and then yeah and maybe put this on the on on Amazon and it will not be good because sometimes you want to to keep some some uh, some moment private and it, that is normal. But yeah, so but at the end everyone knew. Uh, where was the camera? So he was acting like normal because there is nothing to hide. We were living like we used to live normally even before the camera came. But sometimes when you, you wanted to have some like private conversation, so of course you you try to, to, to be careful on the camera, but otherwise everything was, was fine. And and I think that even that uh, Amazon thing was, was good. I saw, I saw all the episodes and I think it was a, a good thing. And everyone could, could see how we, we live in a training ground. Example, like some people of my family who wanted to know what we are doing every day, how we are training, um, how is the physio room and, and everything. So, and with that uh, Amazon thing, they could see what uh, I was doing every day and they was happy and pleased to, to see, uh, to see our, our, our training ground. Yeah, I think it was a really good example of seeing your personalities and your players. Uh, you are one of many talented, interesting personalities in, in the Tottenham dressing room. Who are you closest with uh, in the club? Yeah, most, uh, I'm closest with, uh, of course, with Serge uh, Aurier because uh, uh, I was with him in, in Toulouse uh, a few years ago. And then uh, at the same time in Paris, we live uh, what, five minutes five minute from, from each other. So I know, I know him since a long time ago. And uh, yeah, with Tanguy and Dombele as well and Hugo because we are, so, uh, we are in national team together, but otherwise, I have a good relationship with, with everyone. It's a good good squad. Everyone is uh, they are all nice. So I'm very very happy and pleased to be to be part of all this team. All right, I'm gonna ask you some very quick questions. Very quick, okay? So about your squad, you're very close with Serge Aurier, of course, uh, and some others. But let's find out a little bit more about your teammates. Who's the funniest member of the team? Who's the jokester? Yeah, it's Serge. Serge. Yeah, it's Serge. It's Serge. Who's the most serious? Who's the one that just can't, like, doesn't want anything to do with jokes? The most serious? Uh, now, we were going to say, uh, I, uh, let's say, I will say Joe, Joe Art, the new signing. <laughs> of course, he, he laughs, he jokes and everything, but he's very serious when he's working, and that's good. He's a good example. And uh, I think everyone must, must follow it. Musa Sissoko from Tottenham Hotspur, who played Ludo Goretz on Thursday in Europa League and doing a good run in the Premier League. They have West Brom this weekend. Musa, good luck for the future, my friend. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. For me as well. Bye-bye. See you. I want to thank Musa Sissoko, Jimmy Conrad, James Benj for joining me. Make sure that you follow us on Kego Lasso Pod on Twitter and all your platforms where you listen to your podcast. We will see you next time. Have a great day.